Let's go ahead and give the band one more round of applause. They did a great job as always. And you guys are in for a special treat tonight because you don't have to hear me speak. So we're ending our relationship series. And I thought, what better way to do it than get some different perspectives. And so we have a couple who are just barely married. And we have a couple who have been married a long time and have so many kids, you know. And so they bring a different perspective. And so I'm so excited to have my friends Eric and Christy. And they've been such good friends of mine. So you guys can come on up and take a seat up here. And then our own Justin and Chelsea as well. And they're going to come up. And if you guys would just start out and take about 30 seconds, introduce yourself, talk a little bit about what you do and who you are, and how long you've been married. And then I'll start, and we'll just start asking some questions. Do I have to sit next to each other? <laughs> I'll <laughs> <laughs> you want. I think I should have got a different couple. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you guys start out and just introduce yourself? All right, I'm Christine, and this is Eric. We've been married for 18 years. Uh, David, five years before that. And we have five children. So, go from 15 to 8 years old. And you're still alive. I'm still alive. <laughs> we'll see how it goes tonight. <laughs> um, I'm Chelsea. This is Justin. We have been married for 11 months yesterday. No, 10 months. 10, 10, months. 10 months. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. 10 months yesterday. Um, and we dated for three years previous to that. Had a long distance relationship. Okay, so obviously some very different backgrounds. And uh, we're excited to hear both of your perspectives on some different things. So, starting out with you, Eric and Christy, what's the key to staying married for a long time? You <laughs> said I have to be, be, behave, so I'll behave. Uh, you know, I think, I think for us it's a lot of grace. Um, just remembering that God's gracious to us, so we need to be gracious to one another. Um, that's, that's really, I think, one of the things that uh, being willing to ask for forgiveness and being, being willing to give forgiveness as well. So I think that's... I would agree with that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. If you can't, I mean, if you can't forgive each other, it's, I mean, because you're going to have differences and you're going to have, you know, quarrels and circumstances come up and, you know, when one's weak, the other needs to be strong and when one's, you know, vice versa, you're there to uplift each other and hold each other up. And so there's a lot of ups and downs in that, in that time. And so, I think that's okay. Awesome. So we're going to jump over to you guys now. Now you've only been married a short period of time. What surprised you in marriage so far? Um, for me, I think how hard it is to date now. Since mm -hmm. we lived two hours apart before, we every time we'd see each other, it was like a vacation. It was a date. It was so much fun. And then we got married and everyday life happened and it was like, oh, hey, how you doing? Okay, hey, how you doing? So we have to like plan dates out now mm -hmm. to actually have fun together. And we came up with our answers separate actually, so this is funny, but I was gonna say how hard it is to have quality time together. We always have our phones, our computers, or the TVs on and for us to just shut it all down is, is kind of tough, so. Thank you for sharing that. So back on to Eric and Christy, um, we're gonna dig into a little bit about family life. So how do you raise kids that love Jesus? From what I can tell of your kids, they seem to love Jesus, and 
Not everyone who's in ministry has kids who love Jesus. Some people feel like Jesus steals their parents away from them. And, uh, but you seem to really raise kids that love Jesus and are passionate about talking about him and sharing about him with their friends. So how do you raise kids that love Jesus? You want to take that one first? Um, I think for me, how do I raise kids that love Jesus? I feel like, um, I think when I think about that question, it's more or less, how do you teach, how do you teach them about Jesus and show that love of Christ? more and for them to accept the love of Christ because um, it's an acceptance thing that they have to get to, uh, accepting Christ. And so I think, you know, there are times where I have to ask for forgiveness and I show I show that to them and I show them that I messed up and I show them how, you know, how God's forgiven me and I ask for their forgiveness. So constantly just showing them grace in that way and being an example of that and, um, and giving them grace when they need it to as well. So um, it kind of goes back and forth. I'm not afraid to stand firm. I'm always right. It's kind of hard sometimes. But I have to show them that I'm wrong sometimes. And, and to show them that. And how God has forgiven me. And things like that. So just an example of day-to-day life with them. Uh, being that with them. So. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You, you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I... I, I, I just, very similar. I think praying for them is a, is a big thing too. Like um, from the time Chrissy was pregnant with our oldest Gracie, we started praying for our children. Um, I prayed, you know, when Jesus uh, and his family they went to Jerusalem and then they're on the way back and he got lost and they went back and found him and and you know he said, "Hey, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house?" But then. It said, has just a little snippet said, it said, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And so we, we pray that for our children. Like, that's, that's a specific prayer for them almost every day. And uh, we pray that they will know Christ and that they will love Him and be a devoted follower of Him. And we pray that, like, every single day. Um, because it's, you know, it's an ongoing thing. It's a lifetime thing. It's not just, oh, okay, they got saved, they got baptized. Well, yeah, okay, we're good. You know, it's a constant thing. And, and so I think praying for them, and like Chrissy said, just humility as parents. Um, it's real easy, and we're not perfect at all, but it's real easy to just say, well, I'm your parent because I said so. Be authoritarian, um, which is what I tend towards a lot of times. But being humble and, and saying, hey, this is a weakness I have. Not just even forgiveness, but being honest about your weaknesses um, as a parent with your kids. Say, I struggle with this, you know, and, and I'm working through it. And sometimes we ask our kids to hold us accountable on things. Let us know if we're doing this. And, and they do, so. Thank you. We're going to jump back over to Justin and Chelsea. And uh, you both are leaders in your workplaces. You have some either supervisor or on the path to being a supervisor. And so we have some young people uh, here, some of them aren't here tonight, some of them are college students. Um, so, as a young professional, how do you deal with difficult people in the workplace? <laughs> um, uh, usually I have to take a big, deep breath first before I deal with anyone. <laughs> um, I'm a supervisor at an urgent care, so I have to deal with a lot of difficult employees. Um, so in that case, usually I try to remain non-judgmental. Um, realistic, reasonable, like in every situation I have to step back and take in, be empathetic, like realize the person's point of view. And usually when I'm in a tough situation where I'm like 
writing somebody up, they're getting in trouble, I have to sit back and while I let them vent and let their side of the story out, I'm sitting there in my head praying, like, God, please let me say the right thing and handle this because I'm brand new as a supervisor. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not, I don't have kids to discipline, so I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. But I'm usually like, God, please help me handle this they person correctly. Yeah, make sure I handle every person's different, so I have to make sure I handle that difficult person in the correct way in the right time and situation. So usually praying while they're talking and listening to them at the same time. <laughs> and for me, it's uh, uh, I've just been trying to build relationships with people and trust and then trying to love them like Jesus would. Um, it just brings me closer to them and it makes them easier love for me. So. Thank you. So one of the key things in marriage is obviously learning to deal with conflict and resolution well. So how do you deal with conflict and how do you resolve conflict? Or how should we? Very differently. <laughs> Very differently. Uh, I'll tell you, when we were first married, um, I don't know, it probably been, I don't even think Gracie was born, maybe just a year, 18 months, something like that. We had, to this day, it's still our absolute worst fight. Like, the worst. And typically, I'm like, I'm going to deal with it right away. And I want to apologize for what I'm wrong with right away. Christy needs a little more time. A lot of times it's not uncommon for Christy to, to leave the house for a little while just to cool off, calm down. When I, we were first married, like, I didn't get that at all. Like, no, you know. And so one time she was ready to leave the house and go cool off. But I was like, no, it's my turn. I'm leaving the house this time. And I got really mad. And so I went and I slammed the door. And I broke the glass out of the door. I slammed it so hard, like shattered everywhere. That ended the argument. Like, I was like, okay, now I'm a jerk. Right? So, but I say that to say what I've learned is like, I used to have trouble with her cooling off. But what I've learned is that we do deal with conflict differently. And so I've learned to try to give her her space. Like, I know that's something that she needs. Like, we don't have to deal with it right away. Just because I want to doesn't mean she wants to or she's even ready to. And so, um, so I, I've learned that I have got to give her her freedom to deal with conflict how she deals with conflict. And, um, and the other thing is, is, you know, there's somewhere where I'm always wrong. Like, it doesn't matter how right I am. I'm always wrong somewhere. Uh, maybe it's the way I respond. Maybe she was wrong at first, but I responded wrongly in return or whatever. And so I always look for that point. I pray and ask God, God, where, where have I been wrong in this situation? And I go to that. I, I name the wrong. I name how I've offended her. I tell her how, I've, like, not just the offense, but how it affected her emotionally and, and personally. And I apologize and I ask. I use the word, will you forgive me? Like, you have to, no one says the words, will you forgive me anymore? Because it feels awful to ask that question. Like, I think that's the worst question in all of life. It, it just is. If I'm being, for me, it's hard. And, and so, so we do that. And then when she asks for forgiveness, I say, yeah, I forgive you. You know, I love you and I, I forgive you. So that's just, well, I don't know. What do you think? Repeat the question again. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you deal with conflict and resolution of conflict? In our marriage or just period? So, um... However you want to get. If you okay. want to talk about marriage, if you want to talk about marriage, <laughs> okay. and also then okay, personal relationships, either way. Well, I, the only, I do have a certain situation that came up one time. Um, he had made me mad. Uh, and no, so I went no, and told no. God on him. 
basically, it, 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 not to tell God on him, but I do think there's a lesson learned with it, is that we sometimes take our problems directly to the person and not to God first and, and dealing with things and, and letting God come in and handle that. And we think, well, that's kind of just out there to think to let God handle it. But I specifically listed these things off to God that I was upset with. And I said, this, this, and this is where I've been hurt. And um, I kid you not, it was about an hour later, and I never mentioned these things to Eric. I had never told him that I was upset. Um, he came back and listed almost an exact order, uh, asking forgiveness for those things that he had done. And I remember just being so shocked. And I think it was just God saying, listen, I hear you. I'm listening to you. And, you know, I, I want to be there and help you with this. And resolve this relationship and I think it's just neat to see that so I think for me it's um, really trusting that God hears us and, and taking these situations to him and allowing him to either change our hearts in that process or change the other person's heart and not us trying to do it ourselves so both of them very good and very um, back over to Justin and Chelsea, you talked about how life's a little bit different now that you're married versus dating. But the other thing that changes is our relationships boot when we're like in college or right out of, after college. Then you get a few years removed. Friendships work differently. Relationships work differently. So how are relationships with friends and peers different kind of post-college as you move into adult, uh, young adult life? Um, I feel like you figure out who your true friends are, the people that are going to actually make an effort and really reach out. And some people just aren't good at that, so there's one person always making the effort. And in that same case, those relationships are usually deeper. They've gone on for longer, you get to know the person better, and that's why they want to reach out to have a relationship with you. And they really like you for who you are, like and respect who you are more so. We're in college, it's like, hey, you live down the street from me, cool, we're gonna be best friends, whatever. Um, but I think they're just deeper. <laughs> yeah, mine's pretty much the same thing. It, it was, in college it was more on the surface, kinda let's just have fun and you know be good friends, and now it's community support, um, building deeper bonds, and uh, especially having Christian friends now. I had zero in college, so that's been a big thing for me as well. So back over to Eric and Christy, um, you guys are busy people, not only between the church and your family and your community work that you do and then jobs that you do on the side and hobbies and life and sports teams. You guys are incredibly busy. <laughs> well, I imagine, you know, someday you might go back down for a um, So how do you balance the demands of life and ministry with your relationships with family and friends. Um, so that's yeah, that's a good question. Uh, lots of practice. Um, it's always everything's practice. Um, but one of the things that we found is um, while we do set boundaries. In fact, there's a great book by um, Dr. Henry Cloud called Boundaries, and that's been so transformative in our lives to learn to say no to certain things at certain times and that's okay. And you know, like if I, someone wants part of my time and it's time for me to have family time, that's, in the, that's the most important appointment that I have for that week, you know, and so it's okay to say no. Uh, but also, we've learned that uh, our kids 
and our family, even our extended family to an extent, um, we include them in ministry. Like it's like we do ministry as a family, and we've been doing that. We made that decision several years ago. Like even when I was a youth pastor, we just decided that look, if I'm going to have to do some off hours and stuff like that, our kids are going to come and they're going to learn how to serve alongside of us. And we're going to do this together. This is something that we're invested in together. This is something that we decided as a family we're going to serve together and live together in that way. And so part of the balance is, is learning what that looks like. Like that, that's, that's what we do as a family. We love other people because Christ loved us first. And so, so it's teaching them that and ingraining that in the DNA of our family that it's okay like we, everything doesn't have to be separate all the time. Like ministry time means that I'm putting family time aside, and family time means I'm always putting ministry time aside. So a lot of times those bleed into each other. Um, and not that, like I said, not that we don't say no and have just time to whatever, watch a movie on the couch or go out and have fun, go for a hike, whatever. But but just learning that hey, it's okay for kids and even extended family. Like. There's times where my extended family who lives like in Lancaster County or Limerick Warriors for that area where they want to come and be with us. They say, you know what? Why don't we go serve today? Like, this is what we're doing. We want to be with you too, but we've already committed to this. Why don't you come along with us and join us? And, and they do that sometimes. So I think that works out pretty well. Mm-hmm. you have anything to add? I don't think I do. Okay. Um, I think for, well, I'll say as a wife standpoint, you know, him being the pastor position and... Um, my kids have to kind of come with us. If, if they didn't join in, if I didn't join in, I wouldn't see my husband ever. Um, so I want to be a part of his life, and I want to serve with him. So because we've set that, and we've hauled our family with us everywhere we go, uh, they're actually very well-rounded children right now. And so they can behave. I mean... We'll see. we got a few years to go, but... We, we do. <laughs> but they're sitting in this area right now, you know, and they're being grown up, well, they maybe buy electronics, but... <laughs> but it, it does help get adjusted to life, and it teaches them. Why do they... Why not learn it now, you know, about ministry, and um, you know, you have to figure out that balance, and it's been a balance to figure out, I will tell you that. So we've had to, we've had ups and downs. And we're constantly adjusting. There's a constant yeah. adjustment. You'll you know? never just get it. Yeah. Constantly have to re, we, we reevaluate almost on a monthly basis, sometimes on a weekly basis. Like we'll look, sit down on a Sunday evening or Monday morning, look at our schedule and say, okay, or if something's not working, one says, hey, this isn't working. We've got to figure a different strategy out. And we, we adjust accordingly. Whether you have children or not, you still have to balance this out as a couple. Um, if you're not married, you have to balance yourself with your work and your family and your friends who you're involved with. So as, as a whole, everyone has to figure out what that looks like in their life and, and the balance of it. So. Uh, yeah, that's really good. Um, back over to Justin and Chelsea, uh, you guys are in your older 20s now. If you could go back and you could tell your younger 20-year-old self or roughly around that age some advice. We have some people who are that age. Uh, listening, some people listening online, some people will hear it later on the podcast. But what advice would you give them that you would give yourself if you could go back and say, "Hey, if I could do this differently, I wish somebody had told me this." <laughs> Chelsea actually helped us with this for me, at least. We, she had told us, told me, "Let's talk about what we want out of marriage before." how many kids, what we want to do with our bank account, what we want to do with money, how we want to budget, 
you know, where we want to live, all that stuff. And if, if we didn't do that, we would have been pretty lost, I think. So um, I would definitely tell any 20-year-old that same thing. To essentially have conversations with someone you're in. Communicate and have conversations okay. with that person and just say your expectations. Well, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> keep moving. Don't stop moving. When you get older, things get harder. And literally, like as silly as it sounds, I wish I would have like kept working out, kept moving, kept doing things. And just to follow your dreams. If you have a dream, like go for it. I was, when things knocked me down, I was like, oh no, it's the end of the world. But it's because God has a plan for you. And if I had followed my dreams of what I thought my dream was and not God's plan, I wouldn't have met him and I wouldn't be where I am right now. So I definitely would just tell myself, like, take a chill pill, keep running, take a chill pill, and, like, realize that God has a plan for you. And follow you should make a poster of that and put a cat on it. Yes. Take a chill pill, keep running. Take a chill pill, but keep running. Thank you, that was great. So, uh, Eric and Christy, uh, we've kind of asked Justin and Chelsea this question already about the workplace, but you deal with people on multiple levels in your church, in your community, uh, people who uh, are in relationship with your children, you know, and uh, so how do you deal with difficult people? Um, do, you have a, do you have a process? Do you have a strategy for dealing with difficult people? Um, what does that look like? I've been hurt a lot, mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. And it's interesting, I feel like sometimes the more I try to love someone, the more hurt I get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tend to get myself in situations um, and then I respond not calmly <laughs> so, uh, but it's I pray that God moves me <laughs> being honest so there are some situations where I was hurt so bad that I'm just being real and I asked God to move me and I'm, I mean he did um, but you know, you can't always move. <laughs> so I think, I think really, man, like you said, taking a step back and really evaluate, evaluating the situation. And it's really hard to do sometimes um, when, you know, you're dealing with a situation that's difficult. Um, but I've learned too, the more prayer, 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 because it softens your heart and it's, it ends up softening the other person's heart as well because God's doing that. And um, I find I find I can see God working through that a lot of times, just through prayer, because there's nothing I can do, because you know we're human. So I appreciate you sharing. Yeah. What for you, Eric? Yeah. So one of the things it's important to realize is um, when you deal with conflict with someone, you, you can't worry or become obsessed with what you can't control. And I can't control how you act, behave, what you say, what you do. And so that's like really important, I think, for me to realize. Um, the Bible has a couple verses in Proverbs that says um, that a kind word turns away wrath, but a harsh word, harsh answer stirs up anger. And so that's something really important. And, and, then, um, and then in the New Testament it says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And so I think that it's really important just to, like, like you both have already said, take that step back. Listen to what the other person say. Like, not so you can have the right answer, not so you can be right, not so you can win the argument, 
But they're, someone is upset because they're either afraid or hurt or worried. There's something going on that's made that person upset. And so really listen not to their words but to their heart that's behind the conflict. And, and not trying to control them. You can only control how you respond. So let them act how they act. And then, and then I can control how I respond to whatever they do. And that's all me. Whether it's a good response, a bad response, an angry response, a kind response. And that's all me. So, so I think that's real important in dealing with conflict is always keep those, those things in mind. That's really good. Thank you. Um, Justin and Chelsea who wrote Young People in the Workplace. There's usually, uh, usually young people don't go into the workplace and they're suddenly the highest ranking person in charge, even though sometimes we uh, like to think we have the best ideas and sometimes we do. Um, so what do you do as a young adult? How do you lead your peers and coworkers and your organization when you don't always have a title or a position to create the change that you want to see? Um, Chelsea always does have the best ideas, so I don't know. She might not be able to answer that. <laughs> um, I try to. I'm not saying that I'm great at it, but I try to always lead by example with friends, coworkers, anybody. Like if I want them to be working hard, I'm going to show them that I'm going to work hard, and that's leading by example. Um, and then I also am. I am who I am and I'm not going to change so no matter who I'm around like he doesn't like that answer probably because like I can improve myself and I'm always working towards improving myself but I'm not going to change who I am for other people I'm just going to lead by example be me I know I have non-Christian friends and as soon as I bring up church or something they're like oh, oh okay but I'm like this is me if you don't like it like sorry but it's me <laughs> yeah that's good do you have anything to add to that yeah, um, I was going to say, um, kind of acting like God is your manager, it's just a different way to look at work, and um, it's what a lot of people don't do, I think, and so it kind of sets you apart from other people that way, and when you think of God as your manager or your supervisor, you're going to work harder and work a little different than you would for probably just your supervisor. Yeah, that's a good, good answer. So... Um, I know that you brought some books, so before we get to the last question, do you want to suggest some of these books to people that you brought? Um, yeah, you know, there's two we don't have that because we give them out all the time. One is Boundaries by Henry Cloud. The other one is DNA Relationships by Dr. Gary Smalley. Those have been uh, really good. Yeah, so these are just some of our fun. You want to talk about that one has been huge for us. Um, Stormy on Martin has a whole series of books, uh, Power of Praying Husband, Power of Praying Children, Adult Children, um, Power of Praying Wife, Power of Praying Wife that I don't have with me. Christy started going through Power of Praying Power Wife and it literally changed our life. Yeah. I mean, like she started praying for me very specific, specifically and methodically and intentionally. And uh, it changed the way I do a lot of things. We wouldn't, I guarantee you we wouldn't be here today yeah. had she not committed to praying for me um, so yeah. and it's, it's it's just amazing they're very simple walkthroughs and yeah. um, we've had a few children's books that we love um, the yeah. blessing the blessing is one by um, I think that's by Henry Cloud is too I'm, I'm not sure um, one is the strong willed child if you have children um, if you have a strong willed child specifically there's some stuff you can apply to any of them but if you have a child that's really really difficult I'm not gonna say which one of our children we bought that <laughs> we bought that for, but uh, it's pretty good. And now, listen, I will tell you this: there may be some stuff in here that you don't agree with, um, but, so you can take it with. A, but one of, one of the things that's important for parenting, and this one's really good too, is, is 
uh, Paul, Tripp, Paul David Tripp, Parenting, 14 Gospel Principles, is parenting by grace, uh, not punishing children, but disciplining children instead and what that looks like. And so those are just some books we thought we'd bring that have meant a lot to us. So our final question, and this is going to be for both couples, and we'll start with you guys and then Justin and Chelsea. So what helps you grow close to God personally and as a couple? I, I, one of the things that for me personally is several years ago, um, I started reading through the entire Bible every year. And um, that discipline, creating that discipline in my life has made all the difference in the world. I mean, it has absolutely drawn me closer to Christ. Um, I hear God speak through the Scripture, um, and it's changed the course of our life and what we do in ministry and, and everything else. So for me personally, that's that's one of the things that's really drawn me closer to God is, is reading through the entire Bible every year and being intentional about that. I think for me it's definitely um, the uncertainty of life has um, just kind of kept me on my toes and close to God. Um, through our journey as a couple, um, things constantly change. Um, many new trials or situations have arisen that we have to figure out. And a lot of it's just relying on God um, through the smallest decisions to the biggest decisions. So just that uncertainty of life has kept me on my knees. So. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So how about as a couple? How should couples draw close to God together? Or how have you been able to draw close to God together? Um, I think one is prayer, praying together, which is something that I struggle with leading as a husband. Um, but this year I feel I've been more, much more intentional about it, actually, and I think that's helped a lot. Um, and I think just being real with each other about your struggles um, and talking, talking through that stuff and, and praying for each other in those times, being able to speak wisdom from the Scripture in each other's lives uh, in an appropriate way, in an appropriate manner. Um, I, I think those, for us, those are the things that have grown us closer. And, and we serve, like we minister together, like serving God together um, and giving each other space to serve God on their own too with their own gifts and their own talents and, and stuff. And so I, I think even though sometimes it's a part, like given, like Christy knowing that she has my blessing and my support to serve God in the way that he's created her to, um, it really helps draw us closer together and serving together. I mean, that's, that draws us close to God because we have the same experience and that same heart and the same mission in life. And that, that draws us to God together where, um, where I don't think we would otherwise. So. Right. It's pretty good. You have anything to add? No, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> so Justin, you tell us a question to you guys. How do you draw close to God personally? And then how do you draw close to God together as a couple? Um, this is kind of weird, but I say audiobooks. I know that's really weird, but I don't live a life where I am planning a church and I'm constantly like, it's terrible, but I don't have God constantly on my mind. I have everyday life, the stresses of everyday life, and I'm not remembering to pray all day long or even every day. Um, and if I listen to an audiobook on my way, like I listen to a Christian audiobooks, whether it's encouraging, informative, I, I'm a nerd. I like. I hate reading. It's terrible. But I really dislike reading. But I love audiobooks. <laughs> on my way to work and on my way home every day, I listen to it, and it just really like gets me mentally like 
reminds me to pray, reminds me that I need to be closer to God throughout every day of my life. And then if I'm not listening to an audiobook, I'm listening to like a Christian radio station because it's just, it's something that I need to do to create a habit to remind me on a daily basis, not just Sunday at church, not just like when I have to. Um, so that's me personally. And me personally is um, just loving or trying to love people. That's just always brings me closer. Uh, it's a constant learning experience, constantly growing, and always asking questions to God and praying. So all that together brings me closer. What do you do together as a couple to draw close to God? Volunteering together is probably my, one of my favorite things, at least, and being involved in Horizon, obviously. Yeah. Tithing together, things like that. Discipleship. Um, ships, small groups. But volunteering is probably my favorite, I would say. Special Olympics was, at Villanova was awesome. Um, yeah. Having friends that are Christian that we can actually hang out with together has made a big difference, I think, for us. Thanks, guys, for being our friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like just ha- hanging out with people, it gets us talking, it's like comfortable, it's, it's, uh, it's good. I think it's good, but it helps grow our marriage. Yeah, and the closer that we are to God, together or separately as we get closer, the best our marriage is, I think. Um, Absolutely. So that's when we're happiest, that's when we're smiling the most, that's when we're having fun. So. Yeah, and we help to keep each other on track when like one person sees the other person is like uh not doing yeah. so well right now we really have to like hey step it up let's go <laughs> awesome well thank you both i'd like to pray over both couples just real quickly and then you guys can sit back down we'll have some announcements and we'll be done lord jesus thank you so much for justin and chelsea and for eric and christy lord thank you for their willingness to, to get up in front of people which isn't always fun and just share a little bit about their lives lord thank you for their willingness to be transparent Lord, I pray that you'll bless these marriages. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room that you'll help us to have healthy relationships with our friends, with our co-workers, with our fellow students. Uh, Lord, with our families, with our churches, with our communities. Lord, that we'll truly live uh, like Jesus and love people like Jesus did. Lord, I pray again that you just bless these couples, Lord, that you would encourage them, that you'll help them to love each other more and more each day and love you more and more each year. And I pray all these things like I believe Jesus would. Let's go ahead and give them a hand and do a great job. Thank you guys so much.